in the hope of the good news, grace and peace, dear saints. Amen. If you're watching online later than the 10 a.m. on Tuesday morning and uh, you didn't get to see the rest of the service because it's sermon only, do yourself a favor, push pause and go to 2 Chronicles chapter 14, 15, and 16 and read those three chapters. Then come back and push play and you'll get so much more out of this sermon. So, do you ever get the feeling as you've gotten older and your kids have their own lives that you're forgotten a little bit, maybe not watched so much? Have you ever wondered if I drop right now, it might be hours before somebody finds out or days? <laughs> some, some of us may have thought, thought that. It, there is a feeling of sort of being set aside by people that are important to us as they go on with their lives when we get older. But I'm telling you, God does not, therefore, stop watching you so closely as your children might or some other people. God is still watching you very closely. That's what our Bible verse from the story is saying to an older man. You see, the, the, the faith and the, the work of glorifying God and trusting in Him in a hard time is not just the work of the young, active, and energetic. And the rest of us are just set aside waiting to pass into glory. No, we're still here on this side of heaven. And the truth is, we know this because we're older. The truth is, it doesn't really get easier, it gets harder. And you kind of thought sometimes, if you're like me, when you were younger, I can't wait till it gets easier because then I'll be in my retirement years. Now I get it, there are some things that are easier about retirement. But the older you get, there's all new challenges, right? And uh, we don't have to name them, we know what they are. We can just wink at each other and say we know what they are. It's harder. And unless we go very quickly, our hardest part of our life is in front of us. Asa lived a, a life that had the protection of God for decades. So this is kind of how Asa, the king of Judah's kingdom went. He became king and he, his father was kind of a mixed bag, Abijah, and he picked up on the good side of his father's modeling and he sought the Lord with his heart as a king. He worshipped honestly and faithfully around the temple. He listened to the priests and what they taught about following God and waiting for the coming Messiah. And he even started to deal with uh, the, the false worship of Asherah poles and Baal worship and was get, starting to reform the country, getting rid of any idols that were in the land. He gathered together the people and said, we need to seek the Lord with all our heart and worship God as a nation. They were in a theocracy, not a democracy. And the people followed him and they loved it. And therefore, they had 10 years of peace as a nation and as a king. That's a long time in that, that thousand-year era to have not a, a marauding army coming after you. 10 years of peace. But then the Cushites came from down around Ethiopia. They decided they were going to exploit the Holy Land. 
and get what they could out of it. And they came with thousands and thousands of, of, of men and chariots. And this was the first big test for Asa as king after 10 years of peace. And he gathered a smaller number, 580,000 men, 280,000 from the tribe of Judah, 300,000 from the tribe of Benjamin. And he, he fought them. But, but I want to I read to you what he said to them. Uh, I'm going to get my Bible here and read to you what he said to them when he went into that battle because he showed great faith. When he went into that battle, even though he also was making sure that they had their swords and their spears and their shields. This is in Second Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11. In the, right before the battle started, this is what Asa said. Asa called to the Lord his God and he said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. We are powerless, they are mighty. Help us, O Lord our God. For we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this vast army. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. The Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. That's the next verse. So he led everyone by faith, even though they still had their swords and their shields. He led them to trust God while they used the technology that God had given them. So that they would do it with a strengthened heart of belief and of faith. Rather than live in fear. God was very pleased. And he did take, wipe out the enemies. <laughs> then he sent, he sent another prophet to talk to, to, um, to Asa. And he said, the prophet Azariah said, You have pleased the Lord. He is going to give you great peace in your land. And as long as you keep seeking the Lord by faith in the God who's shown himself to be your Redeemer and Savior, you're going to have good times. Asa was very encouraged by that word from God, that reassurance that God was with him and that God was going to bless and take care of Judah. And so he got even more active as the king at finding all of the idols in the land some of them very ornate, and toppling them and destroying them. And if they were wood, they burned them. And if they had uh, overlaid gold or silver or some other metal, they melted that down. And God prospered his economy and his trade and gave him peace for 25 years this time. Remember I said 10 years was unheard of? 25 years of peace. He got it, he's got to be thinking, this is the way... My life will go. Now, just pause for a second. Is it, when do you feel drawn close to God? In the good times or the bad? Often it's when it, things start to go bad and we get pulled back close to God. Asa's heart, without him realizing it, had come to depend on the prosperity that God was giving him and the peace rather than the Lord himself. He shifted ever so easily to trust in the temporal world of blessings rather than the blesser. And he did not know it. And so God sent another test. The one we just read about. Where in Judah, the king Baasha 
came to the northern edge of uh, uh, the king of Israel, Baasha, came to the northern edge of Judah and took a city, Ramah, and was, was choking off the economy of Judah. And he was, if once he finished doing that, he was going to invade and take over the whole land. And Asa was frightened. He was scared. And so his first response was based on where his heart was at the time. Because he had drifted away from God, his first response was to look at his resources. He looked at his silver and gold and in, in, in his palace and the silver and gold that he had given to the temple. And like many people who give but are still part of the church, he'll, he still felt like that was kind of his silver and gold. I mean, after all, he was the king, right? And so he gave it. He's the one that gave it. Nobody else had that much to give. And that, so that silver over there, even though I gave it, he, he took it back. And he took the gold and silver out of his palace and his resources. And he had a, his father had a relationship with the old king of Aram that was above in, on the map, was north of, of Israel. So he told us, he, 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 he thought, I'll, I'll bank on that connection. So he sent his emissaries with a lot of silver and gold and he sent them up to that king. That king was in an alliance because he was going to help the king of Israel invade Judah. And so he's, he's doing kind of the... It's like the, the show Survival. He's making an alliance that, uh, on top of an alliance to get rid of the previous alliance. And he sends that silver and gold. And he goes, your dad and my dad were friends and they depended on each other. They were allies. Now let's us be allies. And you, you fight that guy from the north and it will be good for you. Just like I gave you silver and gold here, I will give you other ec- economic favors in the future. We'll be allies. What's missing in this whole part of the story? He has, he's not saying anything about praying and trusting in God. He's not first relying on the Lord. He's relying on his wealth, his relationships, and his ingenuity. He is functionally an atheist. And it worked. Sometimes it seems to work. To be functionally an atheist. The king of Aram invaded Israel. Israel's king Baasha heads back to defend his border in the north. And in the meantime, the king Asa and all his men run into that city, Ramah. And they take all the extra stuff that they, the king of Baasha, king of Israel, had brought. And they take it down and they go rebuild two other cities. And, whew, man, we avoided that one. Life is good. No. Life is not good if you're not connected to God by faith. Never good, even if it feels good. So the seer, the the seer is another name for prophet. He has to come and tell God's word. And so he does. Hanani comes to him. And he says this famous quote, you've done wrong. And he says, the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on you'll be at war. So what happened was Aram and others, Aram was a crummy ally. They actually became a thorn in his side. You've done a foolish thing. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the whole earth. Do you remember how I started today? How sometimes we feel like people are not watching or <laughs> with, the, with the planes or helicopters going over. It's like somebody's watching, right? So... We feel like people are not watching us as we get older, but God is watching us. God's eyes, this is a truth for all time on earth. 
This is the way God operates. You and I must know this. This word from God is to enlighten us. God is looking back and forth over the whole earth for those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. He knows. We're going to talk about it before we're done today. Our weaknesses. But He's looking for faith. He has done enough to make us believe. He has given us His Word and His Holy Spirit. He has given us blessings and come through for us. And He is looking for those. He's watching to see that we would trust His promises and trust His track record. He has, and so, if you sense during, I'm going to pull to us toward this pandemic. If you sense that fear is taking you over, you need to recognize that you might have been functionally like Asa. And what can happen to you is you can get so caught up in all of the statistics and all of the reports and all of the propaganda on all sides of the debate of, about how to handle the pandemic and how vulnerable we all are. That's all the diet that you take in, at least the majority of it, that you can actually, and I can, be overcome with a faithless heart. And we could just scramble to only the things, the resources that we have for our feeling of peace and safety. Notice, I said only the things that we have. God gave us all the blessings that He gives us from heaven to be a protection for us. Just like the swords and the spears and the previous relationships and the silver and the gold. But not to be faithless in the way that we use those, but to be faithful in the way that we use them. So he wants us to come to him first and all the time during it. Just to show you that I mean for myself what I'm saying to you as, as a pastor. Uh, I found out they were doing a, a benchmark research from uh, Carla Katazi uh, for the Moderna vaccine back in this summer. So I signed up and they, they took me, heart patient that I am. And I didn't know if I got the placebo or the regular, but I was hoping I got the regular vaccine because I wanted it as soon as it came out, especially with all the people that I'm around. I don't want to be infecting people and I don't want to get sick and die. If there's, I believe in vaccines, see? So I went and I found out just last Friday that they actually, because they lifted the blind, I actually got the vaccine at two, two shots, September and October. So I've used the resources that God gave me while I'm crying out to God, protect me. Protect our people. Help me live by faith and not by fear. But you still use the swords and spears. The silver and gold. The masks. The social distancing. The vaccines. If that's something that is within your conscience to do. But you don't do it. As if that's all. It all depends on that. Because... We're here in this house of the Lord. We know God has made us and he sustains us and he has saved us in his son, Jesus Christ. And we do it with hope in our hearts. So if you notice that you're starting to slide into an Asa mentality late in his life, you bring yourself back by doing just what you're doing here in one, come to the community of faith, whether it's online or it's in person and get the word of God. Get the prophet, get the seer, get the proclamation, get the truth, 
and get the Word of God because it's that Word of God that builds up faith. And you get the promises of God to build up your faith. And, and you, you and I, we need to have some very clear and certain promises to cling to. They need to become our friends. They need to be that thing that we run and look at and put in our hearts when we turn off that news station and quit listening to all the fear. Like 1 Peter 5.10, a letter written to suffering people. Toward the end, very last chapter, helps to know what you're reading, where it is, why it was written to suffering people. Peter says, 1 Peter 5.10, The God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. That's my, one of my go-tos. One you're familiar with, probably Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. We know this. 2 Corinthians 4, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all of our troubles. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, the Lord, the gospel. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen, heaven, is eternal. You may have others. I hope you do. But those are some that you can cling to. So you're not like Asa was late in his life, living as a functional unbeliever while he was being tested again. And why does the Lord test us? Why is the hardest yet in front of us? It's to show and it is to strengthen. That's what the prophet is saying. And it is to maybe ultimately use this to take us to glory. It's to show us and the spirit world, that's Job, the devil, and the world, God's gospel as we cling to it while we're tested. God wanted Asa, the second big go-round, to stand in front of his army and say the same thing he did in the first go-round. God wants you to stand in front of your family, even when you're scared, even when you're weak, and he wants you to say, the Lord is good. The Lord will help me. I trust him. He is my God and my Savior, and he wants to show that to your family. And he wants to strengthen you in that. And God, this is what Jesus meant when he said, those who have, more will be given. When he said it at the end of the parable of the minus, that when you trust the promises of God he's already given you, God rewards that with more promises and more faith by his Holy Spirit. But if you do like Asa, and you are sliding back fast, and when he sends a seer like Hanani to say, that was foolish, and now you're going to have consequences. If you do what Asa did to Hanani, you're spiraling down and down. You know what he did to Hanani? Threw him into jail. We never hear if he ever got out. He threw the prophet in jail for saying these words that we're proclaiming. You know what happened next? God pursued Asa. He gave him a foot problem. <laughs> Both feet. You know what it's like, right? Remember how I said life gets harder as we get older? When your limbs aren't working like they used to? You know what that's like. Both feet 
were, were in terrible disease and pain. He hobbled around like that the rest of his life. And he died angry, miserable, and unrepentant. But not you and me. We hear that word from God and we go, yep, during this pandemic, I've had some of that faithlessness. And Lord, I am sorry. I want grace and forgiveness. And what does God say? He always, with a repentant heart, meets it with the grace that's already there and waiting. It wasn't about the pandemic. It was about high blood pressure that I got to sit with a, a, a saint recently that was saying, one of my biggest struggles is that I know I shouldn't be so afraid. I know that feeling. When you add on top of the fact that you're scared to death, that you feel guilty and afraid you might not be a Christian because you're scared to death, that is an unbearable fright for a spiritual heart, right? Guess what? To be afraid that it's bad to be afraid means you have faith. <laughs> Very weak faith? Yeah, maybe. But it's faith, right? And, and here's a promise from God about that feeling that we have. It's from Psalm 103. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Sometimes we act like we're supposed to be Jesus himself. And we're hard on ourselves for being hard on ourselves. And we'll never get out of that cycle until it gets broken with a word from God like this. I'm your father. I know you're just formed out of dust. You're just people. You're not God. I'm here as your savior. I'm here as your redeemer. I put all your sins on my son. I can handle the sin of doubt. You're forgiven. I love you. The reason I sent the seer was not to make you feel like I would not bless you ever again. It was to bring you back home. Remember how, the, remember I told you that Asa was the fourth king from David? Remember how God treated David? Remember how David with Abigail's husband, Naval, he was such a bad dude and David was going to take matters into his own hands, not living by faith, and just go kill the guy, right? And Abigail stopped him. And said, that'll be on your conscience and you have a relationship with the Lord and you need to live by faith. And Abigail was the wife of that guy. And David said, you're right, you're right, I will not do this. Well, God went and, and had Nabal's life come to an end anyway. And David ended up marrying Abigail. Worked out better when he trusts the Lord, right? And then later with Bathsheba, he messes up four, you know, four times over. He finally has her husband killed. He takes her as a wife. And he take, he's trying to cover up his own sin to be his own redeemer. And God has to come and confront him with the prophet and then say, your sins are forgiven. There are consequences, but your sins are forgiven. Remember how God treated David? Well, you're David's people. And remember how he treated Peter over and over, going to get him after he messed up. Well, you are his disciple like Peter is. God knows your dust. He knows we struggle with this. And if... Through this message about the eyes of the Lord ranging through the whole earth, you're recognizing that God can see your faithlessness. Don't keep focusing on yourself. Focus on the cross and the grace and the forgiveness of God that washes all that away. 
but be honest and be humble that some of your heart time is spent on fear instead of faith. And when you live out your life as a Christian in a pandemic, be careful to show trust in the God that you really have trust in, in the way that you talk about our lives and our behaviors. And be gracious and forgiving and compassionate to those who are dealing with greater fears than you or lesser fears, in, and they're even acting kind of haughty and careless. Be a grace-filled person who trusts that the Lord has put this test on all of us, as He has, in order to build us up in the faith. Strengthen, He says He's looking for someone He can strengthen in their faith, and He can actually bring us together and make us stronger. Let God do what He wants to do for us as we go through this together. Whether it's a big thing, like a pandemic, or unique to me, like an illness or an injury that I have. Use technology, but don't trust it as if it's God. Proclaim the name of the Lord like Asa did in that first battle. The Lord is with us. God will help us. We're going to be all right. And if His help is what Paul said, it's working for us a greater glory. Even if you're struggling with that, even if it's hard for you, because I've never been there either, I struggle with that. No, heaven is your home. It really is real. It's already purchased, it's already prepared, and you're going there. You'll be at peace forever in a wonderful place. You can comfort your heart with that too. Amen.